Welcome, welcome to UFO Headline News with me, Heidi Hollis, where every day I aim to bring you the latest in UFO reports and other fascinating stories from around the globe. Today is Friday, February 2nd, 2018. On Fridays at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, join me on my talk show, The Outlander, where I answer your emails, take your calls, and interview some intriguing guests. Just go to irnchat.com to interact and listen live to The Outlander Show, and go to heidihollis.com for more information. Blasting off with some UFO reports. Ooh, UFO sighting in Tully, Queensland. This is a UFO blast from the past. This occurred July 31st, 1990. Star-like, but much brighter. Hmm, okay, in more detail, the witness states, The event happened while I was living in a small converted garage with a friend. I was backpacking around Australia. That's popular there. It's kind of cool. There was no glazing in the property. Tropical climate. Only mosquito screens on window openings throughout. The main entrance was an existing garage door, therefore large and facing the road, which was about 20 meters away. This opening was netted also and had a wooden frame with a normal door size opening to enter within it. Opposite this opening, against the far wall, was my single bed. It had a window netted over the bed head facing the other direction. Behind the house was forested swampland with no properties. On the other side of the road was a forested mountain, Mount McKay National Park, and as such, there were also no properties in view from the entrance. This mountain was regarded by me as somewhere between a hill and a mountain. It was completely undeveloped with dense and tropical rainforest cover. (laughs) Okay, everybody got a mental image I think that's pretty well painted on the evening in question I got into bed to go to sleep it was probably around 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. and dark as sunset was around 6 p.m. my friend had also retired for the evening all lights were off and it was totally dark there were no street lights or any man-made lighting to be seen in this location at the time quite remote I remember it being a clear evening, no wind, and in the mid-twenties, degrees Celsius. I estimate normally. I sleep about without any problems of any sort, but after what must have been an hour of tossing and turning in bed, I found myself asking the question, what's wrong? (laughs) It soon dawned on me that the reason I could not fall asleep was because I was afraid. I remember distinctly feeling that this realization startled me into full alertness. I realized that I had the distinct feeling of being watched. I immediately sat up in bed and peered through the mosquito mesh through the window behind me. As it is low-lying wooded swampland in that direction, I couldn't see a thing. There was nothing but total blackness. After reassuring myself that I was just being silly, I turned back and as I was lying down again, looked out of the entrance of the garage door opening opposite. I could clearly see Mount McKay, silhouetted against the night sky. It was really rather bright in this direction. I saw a lone star above the mountain and to the right and thought, wow, that's a bright star. (laughs) 
Then it dawned on me that it was way too bright to be a star. It was illuminating the hillside forest, and I estimate that it had a similar intensity to a full moon. It was, however, smaller than a full moon. Looking back, its actual size was difficult to gauge. As I said, it was like a very bright and very large star. It was close to the ground, a few hundred meters maybe. Again, it's hard to give a good estimate for something without features or sound. Then I remember that I said to myself, that's not a star, that's a UF, to my astonishment, and before I could finish the sentence, the object immediately moved to the left and down in the path that I would describe, like if you roll a coin off a table, a parabolic arched path, maybe? It did not seem to accelerate, but moved from a standstill and kept a constant speed. The timing of my realization and its starting to move out of sight was the most alarming thing about it. To this day, I am convinced this was not a coincidence, but rather it had been monitoring me and my thoughts. This may sound like paranoia. Regardless, I genuinely believe this fact and given the very real fear I had experienced beforehand, point logically to the possibility of this. The object disappeared behind the ridge of the mountain, which I estimate to be one or two kilometers away. I took about one second to move from a standstill to being out of sight. I looked for just a few seconds waiting for it to reappear, but it didn't. I then went to sleep without any problem. The feeling of being watched had gone. Looking back, I'm surprised I did not question it. Wait longer for it to reappear. Search its possible landing site the next day, etc. Later that year, while picking grapes as a seasonal worker, I went to the library and found a book on UFO sightings in Australia. I read it, and it discussed finding swamp weed circles, like crop circles, in the swamps around the Tully area. Tully, Queensland was approximately five kilometers from the location of this incident. It may have been the book, Alien Honeycomb, the first solid evidence of UFOs by John Pinckney and Leonard Reisman. As I read this book around that time in Australia, though not 100% certain, I remember this passing explanation in the book for reasons obvious. This is not the only UFO sighting I have had, but I think it was an encounter of the second kind. As such, I felt it worth documenting for research purposes. I hope it is of some use. I have attempted to make a photo montage rendering using Google Earth showing the exact location and it is attached. This is a very close approximation of what I experienced showing the object's position before it moved. Thank you, DS. Isn't that weird? It, don't you guys see this pattern? This is wild. People will feel like they're being watched, monitored, psychically approached from something so far away. Isn't that crazy? And our gut, our gut, which I like to call the soul, says, psst, something's watching you and maybe hunting you. I mean, why would you have fear? It's a light in the sky. And so many people say, oh, 
mankind is just violent and, you know, why would they be so paranoid and go try to shoot a UFO down? Here's a person in a garage that didn't even see the light and couldn't go to sleep because they felt fear. Something kept them up. I'm like, I'm afraid of something. What am I afraid of? I, there's nothing here. Oh, what is that? That's your soul talking. That is the feeling of a predator coming your way. I hope they didn't get you. Yeah, they may have returned you. You don't remember, but scars last. And here, you wrote about this. This is 1990 that that occurred, and it's still with you. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Oh, boy, look at this name. <laughs> UFO sighting in Znamaki Kiradavashka. Oblast. This is another one. That's a UFO blast from the past. This occurred October 3rd, 1990. In brief, the witness states, not yet reaching the zenith point. The object took a diamond-shaped shape. <laughs> At the edge of the diamond-shaped object have flashed sequentially of light white lamps. Around the object was a purple glow, similar to the northern lights. Cool. Okay. In more detail, the object flew from the west, was shaped like a white ball. From the ball disconnected another ball of the same size, which abruptly in the northern direction, okay, which flew abruptly in the northern direction, the main ball object continued to fly east, not yet reaching the zenith point. The object took a diamond shape. At the edge of the diamond shaped object flashed sequentially of light white lamps. Around the object was a purple glow similar to the northern lights. At the zenith point, the object paused and then slowly flew to the east. Witnesses were many because everything was happening over the station square near the railway passenger station. Okay. The next UFO sighting, this is a black triangle sighting in Portsmouth, England. This occurred January 9th, 2018, UFO over Portsmouth Harbor. In more detail, the witness states, I was heading home to see my family after Christmas. I thought I would take a picture of the Spinnaker Tower in Portsmouth Harbor to post up to social media announcing I was back in the area. I went to the top deck of the ferry and stood outside to take the picture. It was only after I had taken the picture that I noticed the strange red-orange colored lights and a triangle formation to the right of the tower. I looked around and could not see the lights a few minutes after the picture had been taken. I checked to see if there was building work, but the height of the object not only appears to be too high, but the area, it is in its overwater. Okay. There was a small amount of cloud cover and the white light to the side. Must be a bright star. Okay. Um, <laughs> the next, I don't edit this, the next UFO sighting happened in Great Falls, Maryland. August 4th, 2017, a UFO above the Washington Monument at the Na Nation Hall, National Hall. What? What? You guys always say, if there's UFOs out there, let it come to Washington and land on the White House lawn. Well, it's pretty close. All right, so the witness states, me and my family were in D.C. for a White House tour. We walked to the Lincoln Memorial, and I climbed the steps. The view from there is awesome. 
You could see the whole mall. So I decided to take some pictures. It was around 11 a.m. and I took about three pictures in a row of the Washington Monument. At the time, I didn't see anything, but later that night when I got home, I was looking through the pictures when I noticed something odd about one of them. The first picture was totally normal, but in the second one, on the right of the Washington Memorial, I saw a little black disc-shaped object just hovering next to it. I swiped to the third picture to see if it was in that one too, but it was gone. It must have disappeared quickly. As these pictures were taken within seconds of each other, I don't know the exact size of it, but it must have been big if it showed up on my phone camera. At first I assumed it was just a plane or a drone, but if I'm not mistaken, the skies above the mall and monument are a strict no-fly zone. Yeah, you got that right. As the Capitol and the White House are in close proximity. It's been on my mind for a while. I just want an explanation for it. I would have reported it sooner, but I wasn't sure how. Oh, boy. I have got to take a look at this. Okay. All right, I'm looking. I'm clicking. Nothing there. Nothing there. Ooh. Black saucer shape. Boom. Nothing there. Oh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty cool shot. Well, aliens have arrived in Washington for all the people that needed that evidence. All right, so moving on. <laughs> the next UFO sighting happened in Caron, Scotland. This occurred January 5th, 2018. Unknown object, aqua blue center with two white lights, one higher than the other, moved from left to right. In more detail, in living room, watching television. Window is next to the television, two brightness of two white lights and really bright aqua blue center. Okay, we're just jumping into the description. Aqua blue not really visible due to short fallings of my CCTV camera. Three initially, a drone. <laughs> okay, maybe they're saying number three. Initially a drone, but too big and too perfect. A flight path. Yeah, okay. Four, aqua, blue, fuselage, and two extremely bright lights. Left one slightly higher than the right. Lights flashed on and off. Number five. Confused as to what it actually was. Number six, object carries on flight path behind large tree in front garden and reemerges for a few seconds past the tree. Footage starts at 17.32 and finishes at, okay, interesting. I don't usually see people numbering their thoughts, but there it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you reported that, though. Okay, moving on. This next UFO sighting occurred in Douglas, Alabama. Ooh, this is a UFO blast from the past. March 31st, 1976. The UFO descended, hovered a few feet from me. Oh, holy smokes. And communicated telepathically. Oh, this is a juicy one. All right. And, oh, really? <laughs> the first, first sentence. This is a mundane account for a sighting. <laughs> I'm like, this is juicy. Okay, anyways, going on. A mundane account for a sighting. However, I believe that they communicated with me telepathically. The communication gives me hope for mankind. My aunt lived on a vast amount of land in a small cottage on the hill. 
Every day after school, weather permitting, I would walk miles down the hill with the dogs, singing, twirling, and enjoying. I was only 16 years of age, and one day, while walking down the hill, I turned and glanced a white shining orb advancing my way. I took off my glasses, cleaned them, and looked again, trying to convince myself it was just a white glowing sun playing tricks on my eyes. I chose to ignore it and began walking down. Then I looked again. It was a mirror three feet from me, across the street, and just about a foot over my head. you got to be kidding me. This is mundane. I had to tilt my head slightly to see it. It was a bright shining orb with no glare. It was easy for my eyes to look at it. Looking at it in disbelief, it's as though they knew what I was thinking at that instant. It turned as if on an axis, and just outside the lighted orb, I saw some kind of metal silver rim that was turning, then again, only the orb. My mind was convinced it was real. Then a question came into my mind, something like, quote, would you like to go to our planet? Yes, please. <laughs> what? Would you like to go to our planet to come back and teach our ways back on Earth? Wow. I did not have any fear, and my thoughts were too many people would worry about me. I can't go. Then I thought, what if it can't read my thoughts? So I ran up to the hill and into the house. At the same speed of my pace, the UFO came up the hill with me. <laughs> it wasn't until I turned toward the house, it veered toward the opposite direction of the pasture, where at least they asked nicely, right? I mean, my goodness, but how many people have said, yes, I will go? Hmm. Anyways, after looking out the window, it was just outside across the street, above the pasture. My aunt asked, what did you see? I told her. Thinking she would tell me I was imagining things, she asked me to go to the porch with her to see if we could see it. We were holding hands. The sky was dimming into night, and we watched it together descend into the sky. It simply looked like a star that faded into the night. That week, some boys camping reported to our town paper they had witnessed a UFO. My aunt took me for a hike through the pastures the next day, we walked forever with walking sticks. We didn't talk much at all. We came across a, quote, clearing, if you will. It was huge, sunken in pit. The tree line grew around this pit. Very little vegetation inside the pit. I thought, this could be where they land. My aunt told me she saw them all the time. Her kids confirmed she had told them about the sightings, though... They never saw them. I wonder sometimes if they chose me because at the time in my life, because I had an innocence and optimism about life, my experience left me with the assurance that this particular life form is benevolent. I had no fear. I do not believe I was abducted in any way. Since that time, I have seen other UFOs near Lake Travis in Texas. My kids have witnessed them as well. One event is well documented in the news, orbs speeding down above Lake Travis. My son and I witnessed that one together. Mm. Well, aren't you lucky? 
uh, people who find UFOs fascinating for their entire lives, never get the opportunity to see a UFO, and here it runs in your family. Oh, they're following that bloodline. And your aunt? I mean, you, your kids, your aunt? I mean, it's three generations going here. They may have visited you in ways that you just don't know, but benevolent? Potentially, they asked. Usually the nasty ones would just grab you and say, deal with it, PTSD and all, and we're just going to move on and go to the next people. So, wow, really fascinating that they asked you. And how many people say, sure, I'll go, and we never hear about them again? Do they come back to teach us something, and then we look at them as weirdos and point and stare and say, what? What, what are you talking about? Really fascinating story. Glad you reported that. And that was not mundane. How's that mundane? A show of hands for who thinks that was mundane. Anybody? No, nobody. Nobody. All right. <laughs> that was a good one. Wow. Okay, moving on to a paranormal point. Because we got to mix it up sometimes, don't we? <laughs> All right. This one is just entitled Haunted House. All right. Okay. This person is telling their story. Hello, my name is Mark. Hey, Mark. And one of my true paranormal stories was read on da 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 on a video, but I decided to share another one. As some people know from that video, okay, da da da. Okay, before I start, I would like to apologize as this will be a very long story. Okay, we'll try to go as fast as we can. These stories that I'm going to share is from when I lived in this haunted house for a whole year by myself as a freshman in high school who abandoned you. Oh, gosh, due to some complicated family circumstances, I would say. My parents didn't want to see me for a while, as they have actually done something like this in the past. Wow. They put me in this house that was given to us by a really good friend. Actually, it was right next door, so it wasn't too bad at all. <laughs> there were many things that happened in this house, but I want to share two stories. Keep in mind, everything is important in a way. Anyways, I was supposed to live there with my eldest brother, but he hated living in his room, and I didn't know why. He just kept his stuff there and slept on a couch at the other house. My room was the last room down the hall. You look down the hall, and the door would be right in your line of sight. It wasn't to the side like my brother's room was, which was the master bedroom. My bathroom was right across from his room, and that was probably the worst thing for me. The layout of the hallway is very important. The whole house had this heavy, dark, creepy feeling to it, but my room was the only safe place. Everyone said it. You could even feel the temperature and the atmosphere change between my room and the hallway. It was like heaven versus Hades. A little background on this house. The good friend and neighbor died a few months before I moved in. Oh, come on now. He didn't die in the house. He died in New York, but both of his wives died there. Oh, come on! <laughs> they died in my brother's room, but they were good people, and I know them, so I don't think they would try to scare me or him. Also, this neighborhood and all of its houses were made more than 50 years ago, so there were bound to be spirits. Also, we live near three cemeteries. This is just <laughs> a mixture of bad stuff. Okay. Back to the creepy part. I was home alone and sitting in my room. It was about 10 p.m. I got hungry, so I decided to go over to the other house to get a snack. I walked out of my room and saw that my brother's room was open and the lights were on. I thought maybe he came back home to get something and forgot to turn off the light. So I turned it off and closed the door. I kept the hallway light on. Then I went to the other house, came back around 11 p.m. When I was about to step into the hallway, I saw that his door was wide open, but the lights were off. I had to pass this room to get to my room. 
I didn't want to investigate, so I took a deep breath, ran down the hallway, quickly shut his door, jumped into my room, slammed it, and locked it. I sat down on my bed, and I called my brother. I was like, hey, did you come home to in the past couple hours? To my horror, he said, what? No, I have been at work. I'm working overtime, and I am about to leave. Why? Did something happen with my room? I gave a small, yeah, your room. Before I could finish, he said, oh, looks like I'm not coming back tonight. He left me in the dust. I sat down wondering what I should do, and I heard the sound of his door creak open. The doors of this house were very, very old, and just touching the doorknob made sounds. I was horrified, but I still didn't want to check. <laughs> then I heard the light switch. I knew I was screwed. <laughs> it was just me in the house. A couple hours passed by, and the worst thing that could possibly happen when you are home alone in a haunted house happened. I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> That's a good lead up. Yeah, it was late at night, but this was when I still had my really bad insomnia. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to hold it in, but I didn't want to go out of my room, which was the safe haven. But I manned up. Oh, you're a dude. You could have just used a cup. I'm just kidding. And I ran for the bathroom. That was across from my brother's room. I took a glimpse at his room and saw that the door was slightly open, but the lights were on when I know I clearly turned them off. I ignored it and went into the bathroom as fast as I could. I did my business, brushed my teeth because I knew I wasn't coming back, and I stood at the door. I was afraid to open it. Right when I was going to touch the doorknob, I heard my brother's door slam open, hitting the wall behind it and the sound of the light switch. I wanted to cry. Honestly, I was terrified, but I ran out. My tiny Asian legs <laughs> moved as fast as they could, closed his door, jumped into my safe haven, slammed the door once more, and I fell to the ground. As I laid there, I heard knocking on his door. I never left my room for the rest of the night. My last and one of the most horrifying experiences I had in that house was this nightmare. This house was the start of my nightmares. My best friend wasn't living with me at the time, and the demon lady I mentioned before, huh, didn't appear in my dreams until this night. A few months before I was scheduled to move out, I finally fell asleep. In my dream, I was lying on my bed, lying on my back. My room was dark, and I honestly didn't realize I was sleeping until I felt this heavy pressure on my chest. I knew I was experiencing sleep paralysis again because I couldn't move and I couldn't scream. Then I saw her. She was sitting on my chest. She took the green pillow that I moved to the side and started to choke me with my own pillow. I could hear her hysterically laughing as she pressed the pillow on my face. At this moment, I was able to move my arms and was trying to rip the pillow off my face, but that didn't work at all and I couldn't scream or breathe. Then I heard, You are mine now. I immediately woke up after she said that. I was sweating and trying to catch my breath. I thought it was just a normal sleep paralysis moment, but when I finally regained my senses, I felt like the blood drained from my face. My green pillow that I clearly moved to the side before I went to sleep was lying on top of my chest. When I moved out of this house, I asked my brother why he hated sleeping in his room. When I found out, horrified me. He said that there were these two porcelain dolls that came with his room. He moved them out to the patio and thought it would be all right. 
and a couple of days later he found one of them on top of his brownish red dresser and one inside that same dresser that he didn't use but it came with the room after that the dolls moved around the house and sometimes it would come back to his room not only that maybe this is the elf on the shelf i mean really <laughs> not only that he felt like he was being watched by many people that was why he didn't want to sleep in there he said he envied me because my room felt so safe and calming. What bothered me was when I moved out of the house and back into the original house my family owned, that haunting feeling left that house along with me. Well, now I know. I brought something back with me, and to this day, I still get these nightmares and see that lady in my dreams. That the old hag? You guys know the old hag syndrome? Sounds like her. He didn't describe what she looks like, but it sure does sound like her. How is your room a safe haven if she got in there and sat on your chest and took a green pillow to shove down your throat? That's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Crazy. I grew up in a haunted house. I feel for you. Anyways, I have to thank you guys for listening to UFO Headline News with me, Heidi Hollis. And be sure to check out UFOHeadlineNews.com every single day and tune in to my other weekly shows the outlander on fridays the kevin cook show i co-host on tuesdays both of them 9 p.m eastern and 8 p.m central and check out my paranormal comic the outlanders yes i draw comics the outlanders everything i mentioned here can be found on heidihollis.com or just come on by to inceptionradionetwork.com and remember, if you've experienced something out of the ordinary and want some level-headed advice, or if you've seen a UFO and want to share, please write me at my main website or at UHN at InceptionRadioNetwork.com. Remember always to keep an open mind so you can stay informed and inspired.